Now back to the happy hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico hanging out with you as usual on a Friday. Say the thing. Shout out to Industry Baby. Forever and always. Forever and always. Exciting times around the the, the office right now. We're slowly, um, we're starting to get ready for the state tournament in high school basketball. So we are, uh, we're working to get to that point. Um, that's coming up in the first and second weeks of March. I'll just plug it in now. We're going to have every single game that happens at Pinnacle Bank Arena. We will be there. Woo! So some combination of me, Carter, DP, we'll all be there hanging out. Um, we'll, be, we'll be good to go. Let's, uh, let's bring in and get to our, our astound guest, Zach Carpenter of our Inside Nebraska, our, one of our best friends. Um, not just a normal Friday conversation. Zach, what's up, man? Just How's it going? An abnormal conversation. What up, BFF? How are you guys doing today? I'll tell you what I'm doing. And I can't make this up, Rico. I, right now, am currently enjoying a, a crisp and refreshing Mountain Dew, which uh, I saw you tweet about yesterday. Damn straight um, you are. The nectar, of the, the nectar of the gods. Yeah, it just reminds me of that family guy see when they say... Mountain Dew is the best soda ever made. I decided after I saw your tweet, I went on YouTube and watched that and laughed for like two straight minutes. So, yeah, sad day at Culver's. I know. No, no, Rip it's fine. Cul- no, rip to Culver's. I'm never eating there again. Yeah, I was say we're gonna have to ban Culver's. Just put it on the blacklist. Exactly. Where, where do you stand on root beer? Uh, I'm not a fan. Wow. I'm not a fan of root beer. Uh, so me and you, I guess, aren't gonna no. We're, we're compatibility, but me and uh, me and Rico, yeah, that's me and, fine. Me and Zach are besties now. Did you hear the way he said root beer? Root beer. It's root beer. No, say it again, Nick. Root root beer. You guys say root beer. That's no, what no, he says. I, I, I guess that's how I sound it or how I say it. Root beer. I, I don't. I don't understand what I'm saying wrong. You're a weird guy. I also. I also don't think to. Uh, too much about when I talk either, so yeah, I, mean, I can tell, and that's how I'm on the radio for a living, I guess. Yeah, but, well, then we're, uh, I guess, we're two peas in a pod. Sometimes I'm like Michael <laughs> Scott, I just start a sentence, and we'll see where it ends. <laughs> see, where, see where it goes. Just hope the the words automatically come out of our mouths. All right, Zach Carpenter inside Nebraska joining us. Um, you folks have been pretty busy over there the last week or so. Um, first with with Walter Rouse, and now with a couple additions this week. Over over this entire kind of period of time that Nebraska has gained commitments, lost lost commitments, lost targets, whatever it may be, what's been kind of the biggest surprise and biggest, I guess, addition in your eyes for, for Nebraska football? Uh, uh, and Eric Gilbert committing yesterday was probably the biggest surprise. I mean, we caught wind of it um, that he was going to be on campus um, – over the week, last weekend, and uh, weren't able to get it confirmed um, through multiple sources, but we uh, we caught wind of it, and it was like, well, that's a surprise. Like, um, so him in general, but this Georgia connection that they've had, uh, it's three guys now: MJ Sherman, obviously committing, and uh, Brett Seeder at tight end, even having interest, and then 
coming in for a visit. It was like, <clears throat> out of everything, I mean, you know, you have the uh, Texas high school connections and the East Coast, Philly, even Florida, all of that. Um, then different guys like in Nashville and the DMV area um, popping up. But this Georgia connection has been pretty surprising to me. Um, and it's kind of asking and doing some uh, sort of connecting some dots and like, what's the, what's the connection between Georgia and Nebraska? And then um, I talking to Greg Smith, we were uh, going back and forth a little bit and he brought up maybe it could be Fran Brown. Um, first full-time job at Temple was, uh, or was that Temple under rule? And um, Corey Campbell, strength and conditioning coach played at Georgia for uh, what, four seasons, 2010 to 13. And, um, he's still his position coach is still at Georgia now as the wide receivers coach. So it's like, okay, well maybe that that's starting to make sense a little bit. If those are the dots that are being connected, like why do they have this this connection to two time national champion who's uh, he's got players coming to to visit and they've now grabbed two of them and six out of the SEC combined. So I think that would be the biggest surprise. We're joined by Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska, and Zach, we were kind of talking and discussing about the scholarship numbers in the previous segment because people are starting to get a little anxious and a little antsy about it because Nebraska, I believe, is in the high 90s in terms of scholarship numbers. I mean, is that even a concern right now with Nebraska, or should we just not even worry about it? I don't think that it should be worried about really ever. I mean, I know the too often used phrase is that these things work themselves out, but I mean, it's so often used because they always do work themselves out. Um, I think, yeah, I think they're at 96, maybe 97 total after yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, uh, the fact that rule is coming in, um, you're going to want numbers, and then you have spring ball, and you have the, the second transfer period window, which is April 15th through 30th, which I had been thinking it was May 1st through uh, May 15th, but they uh, they had changed it back in October. Um, so it's April 15th through 30th. So you have most of spring ball to sort of um, evaluate players, see who who's going to fit, because they still haven't seen these guys play in person, most of them. Um and like they can watch the film and evaluate, but you're gonna to need to see what what sort of evaluations you can glean in person and after <clears throat> a few months in a new strength and conditioning program. Um, so yeah, you have to be down to 85 by the time uh, I can't remember the exact deadline, but before the season starts, obviously in, in the fall. And um, I don't I don't think it will wind up being an issue. I mean, yeah. we see players uh, enter and exit the transfer portal. Um, we're seeing them now more than ever, so I expect the same thing to happen. And in the spring, once the uh, conversation, once once spring season's over, and uh, the coaches have those those sit down meetings with every single player, and it comes down to an open and honest conversation. Here's where we see you fitting in. Um, here's your role. Like maybe they they phrase it however they they need to phrase it, but mm-hmm. let them know, hey, we do see something for you here, or your best uh your best move forward is just moving on 
talking about transfer portal, talking about scholarship numbers, two guys were not – I'm not really sure if they're adding to the scholarship numbers or not, but Xavier Betts and Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda both returning to the team after Betts entered the transfer portal before last season started and Isaiah enters after four games. Um, how much does their addition help a pretty thin, inexperience-wise at least, uh, wide receiver room? Well, it gives you a couple high-ceiling options. Um, I mean – Garcia Castaneda. Every, everyone knows that the fir- that first game um, he kind of exploded off the page, and then um, his production and targets and all that slipped off. And Xavier Betts, I think. I mean, everyone around here knows the potential he has. Just hasn't been able to um, hasn't been able to put it together on the field yet. So you got two high ceiling options. Who um, new coaching staff, new new system. Um, new philosophies and all that. So you have two who added the depth as as those high ceiling players. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's a thin receiver room. And we were just thinking about yesterday. Nebraska does not have a clear number one receiver at all right now. I mean, we, you can talk to me about Marcus Washington, Josh Fleeks, Billy Kemp. So those are candidates to evolve into that number one receiver. But going into spring ball, I. I I would not mark any of those guys down yet as a number one. So getting those receiver numbers, getting those two guys back really helps with that. Um, maybe you see one of those two emerge. Maybe you see that Xavier Betts, uh, physical athletic potential um, NFL player. Um, maybe you see that talent finally shine through if he's able to sort of string it all together. We're joined by Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. Zach, before we, uh, before we let you go, I have to – ask about you betcha it's necessary all right so because here's i mean let's be honest it's a guy that nebraska and we kind of talked about this a couple days ago on the show this is uncharted waters for for nebraska fans for the nebraska program like everybody offers or nebraska always offers the number one player in the country but they're in this race yeah and that's what i was talking about on our insiders board inside nebraska um a little bit uh, earlier today is you don't want to say that one recruit can make or break the program because they don't. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I would still say Rayola's that um, to use one of our subscribers phrase phrases like the ultimate recruit, um, because obviously like you said, number one overall player, number one quarterback, five star Husker legacy, all that. Like he would be the centerpiece of, returning yeah. Nebraska, potentially returning Nebraska to championship-level football. Um, do you need him to to return to that level? I guess not necessarily, but he would be the far and away the best and most realistic centerpiece for that, playing the game's most important position. He has the potential to be a top-five draft pick. I mean, that's the ceiling we're talking about years from now if everything goes right. And, he does what I expect him to do and stay focused and continue to progress physically, mentally. Um, I, yeah, it's just, it's never seen that it's never seemed this attainable for mm-hmm. a player this at this level of the game's most important position to come to Nebraska. And right now, I mean, I still, it, my brain is telling me Georgia's the pick. Yeah. And I think if I, the decision had to come today, which it doesn't, but if it had to, it'd still probably be Georgia, but Nebraska has a real shot. They went from creaking their foot in the door to having it, the foot firmly in the door, 
Um, we'll see if, if he visits in March or April. I, th- I think he's going to. I haven't been told that directly, but I think he's going to visit. And they have a real shot. They've been making really good, really strong first impressions, like uh, reported la- a few days ago and then, or last week, last Friday, and then a few days ago, Matt Rule visited on Friday, and then Marcus Satterfield visited on, what was that, Tuesday or Wednesday. So they're, Nebraska's got its foot in the door. They're making headway, and um, you just have to continue making that push. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's just kind of crazy to me, like, reporting on this and then now doing this interview of, like, I, I would can't believe that they actually do have a shot with Dylan Rayola because I would not have expected that as of um, like when I took this job or even yeah. and before he decommitted from Ohio State I would not have expected that this would be that we'd be standing well, sitting here a day talking about it. Let's be honest. I mean, we didn't think Nebraska was. We thought Nebraska was out of out of any possibility of gaining his commitment or at least having a shot when Matt Rule took over. I think that speaks volumes about what Matt Rule and, and Marcus Satterfield as well have done. Um, you mentioned Matt Rule visited last Friday and uh, Marcus Satterfield with a follow-up I mean, a couple days later earlier this week. Is there, Are there any dead periods coming up where like they can't go visit 2024 guys? or is I mean, because I'm not sure necessarily how the recruiting calendar works. Um, you'll know way more than I will, but like with that, is is it is a dead period coming up where they'll try to get as many down there to Chandler as many times as they can? Yeah, so I mean, to clear one thing up uh, with the NCAA rules aspect, um, I mean, rules wise, Matt Rule and Satterfield coaches can't go and make in person direct contact gotcha. with players until July first, going into their senior year. So. Um, Dylan's still a junior, so he can't be contacted off campus directly by coaches um, outside like of a five ten say, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" Like yada yada, it's called the bump in period. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Rule and Satterfield would not have been able to go down there and like have any sort of extensive in person conversations, more of an evaluation and watching him throw, maybe a two three second. Um, uh, little thing, but he, he is a, they are able to talk to obviously coaches and parents with Dominic Rayola. Um, but the dead period, the live period through uh, July or January 28th, 29th, then all of February is a dead period. So yeah. after, after National Signing Day, February 1st, that's when uh, most college coaches across the country go on vacations with their family and then it, they do so again in July, uh, during, during that dead period. Um, so, yeah, we have. I, I would assume, I would think that they'll probably get uh, set another coach down, um, whether it's Rule or another, down there next week. And then after that, they can't make any contact until potentially getting Rayola or um, any other recruit on campus throughout March and April. Gotcha. All right, Zach. Hey, appreciate the time as always. Good stuff. Um, like I said, it's kind of uncharted waters for, for Husker fans to be in this position to where Nebraska even has a shot. And I think that speaks a lot to uh, what the previous staffs have been like and how they've operated and now what Matt Rule and his guys have done early on in the process. It is early in their in their tenure at Nebraska, but um, definitely, definitely kind of going all over the place. Zach Carpenter inside Nebraska. Zach, appreciate it, man. We'll, we'll definitely talk to you soon.
Yep, exciting times, guys. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on again. That is Zach Carpenter inside Nebraska, the rival site for the Huskers. Appreciate his time as always. Let's take a break. We get Strick and Austin coming up next. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.